lose confidence or ooze confidence. Now, I don't know about you. The only way, like the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. I started to put a big table up here with an eight-pound hammer and let one of y'all volunteer to put your hand down there. And when I hit it, we're going to see what comes out. You know, there's going to be a different variation of all of us and what might just come out of that. But it's only until that internal issue with us does those things ooze out of us. It's only during that pressure do we find out. So I, I literally titled this, Lose Confidence or Ooze Confidence. So in this today, turn to, if you're there, Hebrews 4.16. The simple matter of what we're talking about this morning is simple. It's simple because of the fact that um, I'll get gross with you. It's not gross. It's just natural. I had a, a procedure where they took a, a mole off right here. So they had cut it off because it was potential cancer or whatever. So they took it out and they stitched it up. Well, after a few days, I pulled the bandage off and there was all this stuff oozing out of it. <laughs> you know what I'm about? And you're like, oh, that don't look good. That looks like it's infected or something. But no, your body tends to discriminate to screech stuff that actually heals that wound to protect stuff from getting in it. And so that oozing process is normal. So even this morning when we're talking about uh, oozing, we all are like this bottle. We all have things inside of us. And whatever's inside of us will ultimately come out. Just like pain, sickness, disease. Somebody can get a bad report and something's going to come out of them and it might not come out of them. You know, you're going to be attacked by the devil. You're going to react one way. But whatever's in here is going to come out. And so I would much rather ooze confidence than I would to lose confidence. See, what happens today, and I firmly believe that the American church and the American uh, way of Western living, we have so much confidence in everything that we have, our homes, our cars, our businesses. We have confidence in the roads that we drive on. And when we hit a, po- a pothole, what do we do? First thing, we complain because somebody fixed that pothole. But we put our trust in all kind of stuff, and yet we sometimes have the faith that everything around us is going to work out all right, that we don't have our faith in God. Not one of you, I don't believe in this room, had to believe God to get water. I don't believe there's not one of you this morning had to believe God of how you were going to get here this morning. I mean, it might have puttered and puttered and puttered and sputtered, but you got here, amen? It don't matter. But what I'm saying is the oozing part today, I'm just going to just put it to you like this. Just, just enough pressure. We ooze out. And even if it's confidence, you've seen the one that's got the mouth that talks the game but don't walk the game. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to tear you alive. And then all of a sudden somebody punches you one time. <laughs> what oozed out? See, he got the talking done, but he didn't get the walking done. And many times us as Christians, we got the talking done. 87% of all Americans claim that they're Christian. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff oozing out that ain't Christian. Mm. There's beliefs and terminologies and things that we do today that we wouldn't have done 20 years ago. I'd rather have oozing confidence than I would losing confidence. So in Hebrews, if you're there for verse 16, it simply says this. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. 
Another translation said it's like this. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. I don't know about you. I tried to sum this up in this whole throne of grace stuff. And, you know, sometimes that may sound cocky that we will come to God with confidence. But let me back up and read to you in verse 14 or 13. 13, follow along with me. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes to him whom we must give an account. Huh? There's an account there. I don't know about you, but we're all accountable. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, who's that? Jesus. Who has what? Passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to what? Our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize. Oh, come on, church. You might fall and fail and sin or do something, and then your, your, co, your co-members may not forgive you. Your co-members might not let you forget it. They might leave you and in your life because you've fallen, but you've got a God that sympathizes with our weaknesses. But was in all points tempted as we are, yet therefore sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Let us draw near with confidence the throne of grace. Now, if you needed to go boldly to the throne of grace, I'm going to just say it like this. I don't go boldly to the throne of grace because I'm bold and cocky and I'm just showing up to God. How you doing? I come because I'm weak. I don't come with an arrogance and a cockiness that I can quote scripture and I can say things and I can be all that. And I go to church every week and I am all that and I study the Bible. I come before you, God. What's happening? We all come before the throne of grace because simply what he said in that scripture is true. We don't come for what we got. We come because we're weak. I guess I'm like Peter. I've fallen enough in my life. I understand what it's like to have mercy. And somebody will say something like, oh, did you hear about so-and-so and and what they did? And I said, pray for them. Pray for them. Why? They need mercy. And they're probably in their situation because they are definitely weak. But they think they're strong. But the devil's fooled them to be in that situation, and yet they're really weak. And we think, oh, that sinner, man, I ain't hang around them. And people, it's all that. You know, so, but what we do sometimes, we want to look at what we see on the outside. We look at our people in the sanctuary, and we, we want to try to judge people. I, I never would forget years ago, we had so many people that would just tattletale on somebody. Did you see that on Facebook? They were at the bar. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want you to hear about it. Because don't be moved by what you see. Because we all are weak and we all need to come before God to that throne of grace that He's so given us. That's the confidence that no matter how weak I am, no matter how bad of a sinner I am, no matter how much I screw up, I can approach that boldly because He said to. Not because I've earned it. Not because I'm a good little boy. Not because I could pretty much say I didn't sin this morning, which I did. We all were thinking this morning, weren't we? Oh. 
But the reason why we start off with that scripture to get into confidence is the fact that we live in a society today whatever you got to be confident. You must be confident in this area and confident in that. It's only until you get your confidence letter up. You've got to believe in yourself. You need to pump yourself up. You need to do this yourself. And the only way you're going to get something if you just get it yourself. Nobody's going to give it for you. You just got to do it yourself. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And many times that pressure comes on us to try to be something or do something. But that confidence is not in us. It is always going to be in Jesus. I don't hear that word enough anymore. And I'm by no means a Jesus freak. But I need to pick up my game because really the only relief we get in life is in Jesus. The only relief we get in life is in Jesus. And many times some of my most powerful victories have become when I had to call on him and I had no way out. Come on, somebody. When you start going a month or two and you realize you ain't had nothing happen in your life worthwhile thanking God for, you might want to back up and just thank him for breathing. Just start somewhere. Because sometimes people get in a tragedy. They get hurt. They get, get out there and they own that sea and finally Coast Guard comes and gets them. And they're real thankful when they get reeled in. And they're real thankful for about a week or two. But then after about a month or two, we just kind of forget that we were saved. the same thing with God because we have the comforts of America because we have everything at our fingertips because we can watch every show on cable known to man good bad or ugly we are sinful weak and we're very impressionable and I say this today because our confidence level needs to get back into the things of Jesus and tell us that instead of the things of us and it's powerful because, you know, losing confidence is one thing. I'll never forget. There was this boxer, and he was talking about how he went in there, and he had gotten beat up in the last, the last fight. And for a year and a half, he was preparing, and he was ready. They say he's fit. He looks good. And then yet he went in there, and round one got knocked out. And after the fight, they asked him, what happened? He said, I kind of knew this was going to happen because I had lost my confidence. See, it's kind of the same way. Maybe it was all in him and not God. But what I'm saying is confidence is a very important thing. Now, when you and I die, we are all probably thinking the same thing. When I die here, I have no confidence in that casket. I ain't got no confidence in hell. I don't have any confidence. But the Jesus said, he saved me, set me free, and I'm going to heaven. That's the only confidence I got. I don't care where you bury me, where you burn me, where you spit on me, where you throw me out. I don't care. I'm going to heaven. That's the confidence I have. And am I perfect? And I went because I'm perfect? Uh, 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 uh. Because the throne, throne of grace. The throne of grace. And I love that because so many people in the Bible oozed confidence. When God told Moses to build a ship and he did it with his whole family. Come on, Noah. Who does that? Uh, Moses. <laughs> he probably wanted to. Um, <laughs> But when Noah did that, if you read the story, Noah just jumped on board on that thing. But we have the whole counsel of God in our lives. Are we confident enough to walk and talk in this thing? Are we confident enough to know what's in this thing, to face anything? I'm not talking about being a Bible thumper and calling people going to hell if you don't believe. And, oh, you need to get your butt in church. And all, all this kind of, No, we don't need to be that kind of Christian. We need to ooze love. Just ooze that love. Just let it come on out of us. Just ooze it. And I'm afraid that we've got so much world in us, we're oozing some of the wrong stuff. 
And so with that, what, turn to Ephesians 3.12. Ephesians 3.12. Ephesians 3.12. Some of you use an iPad. Some of you using a Bible. Here's some paper slipping. Either way you want to do it, just turn there. Ephesians 3.12 says, In whom we have boldness and confident access through Him, through faith in Him, through faith in Him. Okay? We have boldness and confidence through faith in Him. Faith in Him. I've had some remarkable things happen in my life. I've had some things happen, praise God, that I say to everybody and anybody, that was God. Where is our testimony today that's getting us to different places, that ministers to people that are hurting? Where are we oozing out to give them hope in a God that many don't believe in anymore? Oh, God, Gary. Gary, years ago, man, he had a tragic accident. Fell to the floor, broke what? Just... Two arms and a leg when I met her years ago. And oh my God, it was just a miracle. This man came out of what he did. But I remember, boy, the fire he had for God. He knew, he knew. He, he, you know, when you know you should have died and you didn't. That's me. Several times. I should have died many times. But God's mercy is grace. But I remember that fueled me. Those tragic times of falling to drugs and alcohol and all those things that used to try to destroy me. And those things that were trying to just take me out. But, but every time the devil just lost his grip on me. And because the throne, the throne of grace was there every time to come back into the grace. There was a time where I went through some problems years ago and confided with the pastors. And come to find out the pastor's wife shared my story. Total confidentiality. Let me tell you something. If you ever share anything with me in confidentiality, it will never leave me. Now, there's another series to that. If you're counseling with me, and I asked you the question before you leave, is it okay for me to share it with Mindy? Because if it's a woman, she might be able to help better. But if you share something with me in confidentiality, it will never go anywhere because I am bound to that. You hear me now? So man will let you down. <laughs> But when you think about oozing those things, we don't have it anymore. I mean, kids ooze out some of the wonderfulest things. You ever see the show, The Darndest Things Kids Do? Huh? And it's like it's funny. But there's a, you know, there's, there's a story where a teacher was trying to teach the kids that there was no God. And she simply said, Tommy, look outside. Do you see that tree? Tommy said, yes, ma'am. Oh, Tommy, do you see the grass? Yes, ma'am. Well, would you go outside and look at the sky? Yes, ma'am. He comes back in. Did you see the sky? Yes, ma'am. Did you see God? No, ma'am. Point taken. The teacher says, see, it proves my point. What we can't see doesn't exist. So Sarah stands up and says, Miss Teacher, can I ask Tommy a few questions? Yes, go ahead. Tommy, do you see a tree outside? Yes. Tommy... Do you see the grass outside? Yes. He was getting frustrated because he had to answer these questions already. Tommy, do you see the sky outside? Yes. Tommy, do you see the teacher's brain? No. And she calmly said, well, what we've learned here today is what you cannot see. <laughs> is not. It does not exist. Little Sarah wasn't going to let that teacher teach her something that she didn't have inside. 
that she believed she wasn't going to go down that road. And many times we let the world influence us in things. And yet we have to have that confidence. In Him alone can we do this. We cannot do this on our own. Trust me, it will not happen. Amen? Say access. Say, I have access. How often have you been a approaching and having access with the throne of grace. How often have you been in that place to approach that throne of grace? I simply ask that because I'm not asking you how much Bible you read this week. I'm not asking how much witnessing you did. I'm not even going to ask you how much you prayed. I'm just saying sometimes when I get in there and I don't know what to pray for, and I got a lot to pray for right now, I got news for you. I just sit because I would a whole lot better rather just hear something than me to say something. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, there, there's decisions that need to be made. And, and you got to know that you need to know that you know. <laughs> this is the confidence that we have approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. See, confident that he hears our prayers. So often people say, I've been praying and praying and praying. I just don't think God hears me. Oh, he hears you. But the point is, you need to pray and understand that God said in his word right there, if you'll pray and you'll believe and you'll approach me confidently and you'll ask me confidently, then I will. You can ask me anything. He hears us. The problem with us is many times we're so far off of what we want and what we're praying for that we really don't see what he's trying to give us. So we need to be confident that he hears us. Amen. So, but I say this to say that over the years, I've done less talking in prayer than I'd rather listen. You know, the Bible says that God will speak to us with a still small voice. And today we have so many voices slapping us in the face, radio, our iPhones, our iPads, internet, all the things that click, click, tell you got an email, click, click, got a text, click, click, going down the road, billboard, click, click, going down the road, buy this, radio, buy this, click, 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 TV, buy this, click, 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 ah! How many would agree we got a whole lot, too much information going on? We need to calm down. Psalm 71.5 says, For you are my hope. David said, You are my hope. Church, God is our hope. Our Lord God, you are my confidence from my youth, David said. David was a man now. He's rose up. He has done through, been through kingdoms. He's been through wars and battles. He's been through authority and lost authority. He's been through an area of life that he can still say, God, I, you were with me since I was a young man. And you're still with me. <coughs> See, even with all the mistakes David made, he didn't forget God when he got older. He didn't forget God when he was king. He didn't forget God when he went to battle. He didn't forget God. But a few times he ignored God. <laughs> Listen to me now. There's a difference between, <laughs> you know, sometimes we just ignore God. That don't fit right now for what I want to do. Can somebody give me an amen? Just go give me an amen. You know it's true. I mean, I know what I need to do, but right now I'm feeling to do this, and I really want to do this. But, you know, God, I just really don't want to deal with that right now. Can I go do this? <laughs> First John four seventeen. <laughs> 
We're talking about confidence in Him. By this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. I don't know about you, but most Christians don't want to talk about judgment. But we will be judged. Because as He is, so also are we in this world. See, we need to understand that I'm confident that our sins are fully paid for. I'm confident that my sins are paid for. I'm confident of that. Amen? And so that day of judgment, I'm going to be just fine. Now, am I going to have some areas that probably is going to shine on and go, ooh, Lord. But I believe Jesus is going to say, yeah, but you're still coming. Praise God. you still co- Come on. Come on. You know, we got to understand that we're not trying to sell sin or saying it's okay to sin. I'm not saying that at all. But we're all sinners and we do sin. But I can say this. I have gotten a confidence lately about this throne of grace that I'm coming before God and I need some answers. And I want God to move in my life. But I know this. It ain't going to be because what I do. See, the problem with Americans today, you know, you hear somebody say, and they go to a funeral, hey, how was that? That was a guy, guy was a good attorney, wasn't he? He was a good attorney. Yes, he was. Yep, yeah, he was a good attorney. Don't tell me I was a good preacher when I died. What about Mitchell? Where was Mitchell? See, we all hide behind our identities in what we do. And God said, you are human being. So I'd rather for you to be than to do. Matter of fact, it meant so much to God for us just to be. It was only till we sinned that we had to go sweat of our brow. <laughs> Come on. Say, bring on the judgment. I knew y'all wouldn't say that with bonus. <laughs> bring on the judgment, God. <laughs> he was like, okay, uh, bring, on, bring on the judgment. <laughs> now, two great examples of this is, is the fact that Peter, <laughs> I love Peter and John. Peter and John were great examples of how to live and the, that courage that they had. And the Bible was very clear. And the one statement that gets me the most the one statement that gets me the most is that whole thing. They got to the point where they didn't care what man thought. Do you realize they were living in a time when it was not popular to be who they were? It was not popular to believe in this Jesus Christ. It wasn't popular. And he says, we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? What shall man do to me? Why are we so scared of people? Why do we worry about what people say? You know why? Because the world sets a standard and what you're supposed to wear, what you're supposed to look like. The world says what you're supposed to drive. The world tells you what you're supposed to eat. The world tells you who you need to communicate with and who you don't. You look at every commercial when they're selling something. They've got the good guy and the bad guy. Men, stick with me here. Good guy's mowing and he's weed eating with a great piece of equipment. And the guy that's not is on his knees cutting with scissors and he's bald-headed. Oh, I see that. I'm like, oh, no, y'all didn't. See, you're trying to make the bald-headed guy look stupid, ignorant, wrong. You see what I'm saying? Y'all seen the commercial? I mean, Mr. America comes in. Poor guy over there is just cutting and sweating. He's bald-headed and his shirt falling off. And what we do is we sell that. We sell that to ourselves. We do. We bite it too. Amen? Huh? We bite it. We eat it. 
He also said it like this. Do not be afraid of those who kill with the body and after that have no more that they can do. Let me tell you something, when they kill the body, if they kill me, that's all they can do. That's all that they could do. Last thing, kill me. (laughs) Go ahead, that's it. But fear the one who after he has killed has the authority to cast into hell. Yes, fear him. Think about that for a moment. Man, somebody can kill you, that ain't the worst thing to do. If somebody shot me, I would just say for y'all, please, in the community, don't freak out and say, we need to find the guy that did it. Let's kill him. Whatever you need to do, don't just freak out. I was just lucky enough to go. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's not going to freak me out because man can't hurt me. Man can't do anything to me. Don't let men do something to you. Don't let that worry and fear get to you. Don't let that strife and discord get into you where you want to kill somebody because somebody else just killed somebody else. Peace and let it ooze out peace and love and go around and minister to people in that time. And that's what we need to do. Now, the clear thing that I like the most is Peter and John, after they had recognized the things that he was doing, they tried to get him to shut up, stop preaching this thing they did. The Bible says it was very clear that the, that the men and women of the Pharisees and Sadducees, everyone there recognized one thing about Peter and John. They recognized he had been with Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's the greatest compliment in the world. Does somebody come to you and say, Sandy, I need to talk to you. I mean, I've been working with you for a long time at work, and I've just seen the way you walk, and I've got some problems. Could you help me? Could you, could you pray for me? I mean, what a great honor that we would have if we ooze that kind of peace and calmness and confidence, not in us, but in God. But we live in a, such a strife-driven hate, divided, split up world that they're teaching us how to behave. We can't even come to an agreement in our government, our politicians, even this local election. Y'all, they ain't gonna got stupid. It's like, it really is. I think politicians, it just makes them crazy. But the point I'm trying to make is that confidence. I want you all to understand that I would much rather ooze confidence than to lose confidence. And what the Christian has in me and everybody else, I've been dragging too. I've been lethargic too. I ain't been who I was, but I am not who I was and I'm not who I'm going to be. I praise God. I'm going to get fired up again. I want revival. I want God to move. Don't you? I mean, we just can't keep having church as normal. I mean, why do people come to church? What if we all came to church next week expecting somebody to get healed? What if every one of you came in this church and said, God, if somebody's sick, heal them. If somebody comes in with a migraine, heal them. Lord, if somebody comes with a cut-off finger, let it grow. Praise God. What if we all came with that attitude instead of going, oh, I'm barely going to make it. I've got to get to church. I've got to go to church. I've got to go to church. I've got to go to church. Well, man, all right. I'll get on the boat at one, but that's all right. I'll go. Sure hope that preacher don't go very long. But I don't know what he's going to preach on today. I really don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need these people at church. I don't need this. I really don't. I can get it all. I got it right here on my iPod. I can get anybody. I can get T.D. Jakes to preach to me. I can get anybody. I got it all. I don't need to go there. The reason why we need to come here is because the Bible says not to forsake the assembling together. And why that is is because the world is trying to attack each and every one of you in this room. And what happens is we come together. We're coming many times. <laughs> I just need to get there because I am beat, slap. Oh, God, get me into church. 
And some of us are like, well, I'm not going until after the music because I don't like that music. I'm just going to wait until that's over with because I really don't like standing up and I don't want to hold my hands. You don't have to. You can sit down. I've seen some people, little old ladies that sat down, never stood up an ounce, but after church they come and say, oh, that was good. He said, don't be moved by what you see and what you hear. Well, Michael's got that way now. He said, Lord, I can't look at him anymore. I just praise and worship God because... <laughs> Remember what I said, don't, don't be fooled by what you see. But what I'm saying today is confidence in God again. I promise you, if we put our tr- confidence into the things of God more and really ooze that confidence, not from ourselves, because, I mean, many times the greatest prayer, Mindy prayed for this lady out in the street the other day, walking the dog, and, and I'm telling you, it just oozed out of her. I heard a her voice getting louder and louder and louder. She's right in the name of Jesus. I was like, whoo, Mindy getting off out in the street. And, uh, and but, but what was happening is, I'm sure she's like me. You run into somebody, you're a little timid at first. Okay, should I? Well, and then we, you run into people, you ever run into people, they just tell you every element they got. Is anybody know what I'm talking about? It's almost like the more older I get, the more people I hang around my age. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I've got a stiff leg. I went to the doctor and said the gout's messing up. No, Lord, I'm messing You know, got a skin rash. Yeah, I got, yeah. yeah. How you doing now? I'm, I'm doing fine. Praise God. <laughs> But many times we do. We share our, but, but, but when you get that opportunity, just stop them right there. Oh, let's pray for that. Do you want all that? No. Well, let's pray and just pray for that and let it go. It's not your job to heal them. It's your job to pray for them. So, I mean, I think, I think we're at a place now where we're in a transition, praise God. It's, I said this and I'll say it forever and ever. It's until the pews get louder than the pulpit will a move of God happen. So I only tell somebody out here that, like I said, I've always visioned that one person came up and gave a testimony. Next thing, another testimony. But it wasn't just a testimony service. Praise God, it broke out into a revival service. It broke out, praise God, where everybody was laying hands on everybody. And, and, and that unity in the church wasn't about, I'm coming here to be seen. I want to get this hour over with. Let me get out of here. It was like, oh my gosh, don't let it in. Yes. And I can't wait for God to tell me. I've heard it over and over again. See y'all tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. See y'all tomorrow at 7 o'clock. You see what I'm saying? What if God wanted to move and we were open to saying, okay, I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow at 7 o'clock, but I'm hearing the Spirit say, come on. And we start this revival by obedience to God. I'll go every night if God wants to. I've seen some great revivals in my time. I've seen some moves of God that is just powerful. But it takes more than just the pastor doing it. He can't do it all. It takes the pulpits. I mean, it takes the pews to come alive. I mean, you can preach till you're blue in the face, but only till it starts popping out there. Pop, 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 pop. I mean, you know, I'd love to get out of the way and say, okay, Dee, your turn. Go and preach. Go ahead. I mean, you see what I'm saying? That's going to happen because she may have a word burning that just because I got one, she might have one that needs to go. And we need to be sensitive in the spirit and go, okay. Don't be scared. It could be you. 
Why? Because it's only then that we come in unity. The Bible says they were all in one accord. They came with everything in common. They sold everything that they had. They came with one purpose, and that purpose was to be united together, to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were confident in that, and it's only in that. I'm not confident in the Pentecostal movement, nor the Baptist movement, the Methodist movement. I'm not confident in the Lutherans, the Catholics, nothing. God didn't put us that way. He put us as a body. Only us in America are so split up this day. We're more split than anything this day. Because we got our brothers and sisters meeting over there, our brothers and sisters meeting over there. I'd rather go eat that food over there than to go to that food. I don't like that food. But you know what? When you really love someone and you're fellowship and you're trying to build a relationship with somebody and they invite you over to eat and that ain't your type of food, you're going to go anyway. Why? Relationships are more important. Thanksgiving ain't about the dinner. It's about the fellowship. It's always about thanks and thanksgiving and the fellowship. Stand to your feet this morning. Father, we just thank you this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us scriptures. You've opened our eyes to have confidence in you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we come boldly to the throne of grace. We ask you this morning to stir in our hearts the things of God and not the things of man. Wake us up to the spirit of the living God that we will, too, get fired up for the things of God and be confident only in that. Not in ourselves. Because we can't do it all. We don't know it all. We don't have enough information, nor do we have enough revelation. But we do have enough revelation to know that we're saved. We have enough revelation to know that, God, you've done so much in our lives. We have enough revelation to know that you can do it today, tomorrow, and did it yesterday. Father, we thank you. It's only you, Father God, can we move and have our being. If there's anybody here this morning that needs prayer for anything, and you need prayer, just come forward. We'll pray for you. there's anybody here that's not born again and you want to get born again, it's very simple. You're not asking to be joined in a church. You're not asking for anybody to give, uh, for you to give money. You're just coming and saying, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Simple. There's no religiosity to it at all. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you for what you're going to do in our lives today. We thank you, Father, that you're stirring in us something. And, Lord, you preach this message to me first and foremost, not to them. So, Father, I thank you that we'll all gravitate in and stay confident in the things of God and the throne of grace that you said we could approach. Not because we've earned it, because you said we could come. And we thank you for it and we praise you for it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. But we love you. God bless you and have a great day.